0: Good morning, and welcome to the Knowing Jesus Christmas special. We're hopefully doing up to six bonus episodes to celebrate Jesus this year and prepare our hearts for Christmas Day. So without further ado, let's dive into the scripture. Today we're reading Luke chapter 1, verses 57 through 80. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came out for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, No, his name is John. What? They exclaimed. There is no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, His name is John. (laughs) Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David. Just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us he has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor abraham we have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve god without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live and you ah, my little son will be called the prophet of the most high because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in the spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. Full disclosure, uh, verse 75, 76, and you, my little son, it doesn't have awe, my little son, in the Bible. That just hit me uh, for two reasons. One, I don't ever remembering him saying, you, my little son, like that precious uh, affection that he's putting into the scripture. He He's already excited about his son. I don't feel like there's often a lot of highlighting of men in the Bible expressing their emotions, which is a shame, but here we have it. He's already excited about his little son. He's proud of him, delighting in him. And two, it hits me as a father to be. Our little one is due in just about a month at this point. And so that hit me in a very personal way as I'm having a little son as well. Back to the beginning of the reading for today. I love that the Bible says everyone rejoiced with her. Uh, Speaking of Elizabeth sharing the good news that she's about to have this baby and everyone is rejoicing with her. It is good to celebrate with people. It is good to thank God for what he's done in people's lives. And it's nice to see that is called, I mean, the Bible had limited amount and paper was very expensive back then. So it's so neat that it was important to put in everyone rejoiced with Elizabeth. Then we get to the naming ceremony. Elizabeth is like, his name is John. Everyone is disagreeing with her. And like, that doesn't even make sense because culturally you named the the child, whether it's after the father or someone in the family's, after someone's in the family's name. And here they pick John because that is what they're supposed to name the child. They ask the father. (laughs) this is right, this doesn't make sense. He writes down his name is John and then can instantly speak again. And my favorite, he began praising God. I love that. Remember an episode or two ago when we talked about this kind of uh, seemingly intense disciplinary action, he's unable to speak for nine months this man isn't bitter. It's apparently maybe what his heart needed to get his attention to what's going on in this story. Because we can see he turns right, like right after he can speak, he starts praising God. I mean, apart from the Holy Spirit, if I was in this story, I probably would have been bitter or frustrated or whatever. So it's so awesome to see the Holy Spirit working in Zechariah. He's not bitter. This time of solitude is what his heart needed. He begins worshiping God and then, shortly after, goes into a song. But before his song, we see that the whole neighborhood news starts spreading about this kid. Like we were talking about, things unnormal, not unnatural, but uncommon things are happening. We have Older people that shouldn't be having kids. Having kids, we have a father who's mute because he sees, after he sees a vision. And now people, the, 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 the excitement is ramping up. The whole neighborhood is wondering, what is going on here? Who is this child going to turn out to be? And then Zechariah points them in the right direction. He's not talking about his own son, but his son preparing the way for Jesus that the Lord has visited and is going to redeem his people. He sent a mighty savior who is on the way at this point, just three months behind, um, three or six months, sorry, I'm getting it mixed up, behind Elizabeth. Mary's child, Jesus, is already on the way. And he's pointing the people to Jesus and using this time and this interest to say, hey, hey, this isn't about us. This is about the coming savior, Let's be excited about the Savior, not the miracles, not the what's exciting, what's going on. But there's a reason God is working so powerfully. And as he says later in the text, my little son will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break on us To give those who sit in darkness. Oh, sorry, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and guide us to the path of peace. Funny, this is why we we should read the Bible uh, time and time again. Literally just read this with you all, and a couple things are standing out to me the second time I'm visiting it. Verse 77: You will tell his people how to find salvation. Never noticed that before. Through the forgiveness of their sins, we as When I say post-Jesus, I mean, he's still very current, present. I mean, after his life, death, and resurrection. But so, post-Jesus, after him coming, we are privileged to the understanding of through forgiveness of our sins, because we've been told about Jesus. Up to this point, they had to do animal sacrifices on a regular basis, and they knew that after you killed the lamb, the goat, whatever it was, it wasn't a permanent restitution for sins. This is groundbreaking stuff, that they're going to have a God, Savior, come into the world who will offer permanent forgiveness of sins. And I love the phrase, because of God's tender mercy. God's been planning this from day one. And when you're reading in Genesis, and it says a couple times, I believe, at least once, but I think a couple, that the Lord walked in the garden with them. I know this is my interpretation, but I can only imagine Jesus was walking with Adam and Eve. Jesus was in relationship with them. He knew who he had made and he knew what it was going to cost them, him, and he still made them. He knew from the beginning what was going to happen. And I know we can all say like, gosh, God, why did you let it happen? Why did you let us fall? Why did you let sin enter the story? These are questions. I don't have the answers for these. But there is something significant. Whether I'm right and Jesus was standing right there, Jesus was part of the plan. The Father, Son, and Spirit are all working together, making the same decisions. They are the same consciousness, uh, but the same one God, but three manifestations. And whether he was right there or part of the process, Jesus knew, the Father and God knew, that making human beings was going to cost him dearly. But here's the beautiful part. Even though he was going to suffer with us in the story, all the way up to Jesus and Jesus personally during his life and on the cross, and then even after Jesus, as he grieves with us, because when we lose loved ones, when we hurt, when we ache, when we sin and hurt ourselves or hurt someone else, God is feeling and hurting with us. He is bearing that suffering. This whole human history and he said that we're worth it. And I know it doesn't solve all my questions, but it, it does, it's an interesting point that if he is willing to do this with us and suffer greatly for and with us, there are things that we don't understand this side of heaven yet. But I love that I, that the potential interpretation that Jesus was walking in the garden with them, that he looked Adam and Eve in the eye and he loved them and delighted in them and knew what they were about to do. And here is then the ultimate fulfillment of the story that Jesus comes into the story to take on our sin, to make things right, so that we don't have to be separated forever. If you think, too, about the Garden of Eden, he he, he takes away the, the tree of life. He kicks Adam and Eve out, which is the most loving thing he could do, because as it says in the scripture... And I don't understand this. It sounds like some Lord of the Rings stuff. But if they ate from the tree of life, they would never have died. And that itself would have been hell. Because they could never enter into the presence of God because of their sin. If we didn't die, we could never be made new. Sin could never be cast out and cursed out of us completely forever. We would be forever separated. And so Jesus enters this story, and this is the beauty of it all. that He's come. Well, I guess in this point of the story, he's about to come, but he's right there. I encourage you to read over these passages. They're beautiful. Reflect on the mercy of God. Reflect on how personal our father and brother Jesus is. And think of the beautiful lines that the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. I mean, that just sounds like the best, some of the best poetry ever written. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness, all of us, and in the shadow of death, to guide us to the path of peace. There is no true peace without Jesus. And that's not to look down on those who don't have him. It's to grieve and say, oh my gosh, if you don't have Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, you are missing out on the greatest joy and the greatest peace that humans can ever encounter. Man, I'm just thankful uh, for the Lord just just touching my heart deeply while I am processing this with you all. Very thankful that I had some time to do this Christmas special. We're going to keep running uh, with it soon. But that's it for today. See you soon!